0: Hello and welcome to Plot Trists. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing The Heiress Gets a Dupe by Harper St. George.
1: So this was just recently published in January of 2021 and is the first in the gold, excuse me, is the first in the Gilded Age Heiresses series. I was going to say Golden Age, but... That's not right. Different era. Um, Is this her first book or her first series? It's not her first book or first series. This is her first book with Berkeley. So she did write some um, category romances before, like for Harlequin. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. No, it was interesting. I hadn't heard of her before.
0: And there were some... How do I put this? There were some word choice and pacing issues in the book that were not damning at all, like did not make this not worth reading. But I think some structure structural choices that I more typically associate with self-published work.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree that it felt like a first book. Yeah. So I don't disagree with you there. So that's
0: not to say it's bad at all. And I was going to be very impressed if you said, yes, it was her first book. But there were just little writing quirks and I don't quite know exactly how to put my finger on it that felt very first book. Yep.
1: Well, shall we read the the book jacket? Let's get started. Even a fortune forged in railroads and steel can't buy entrance into the upper echelons of Victorian high society. For that, you need a marriage of convenience. American heiress
0: August Crenshaw has aspirations. But unlike her peers, it isn't some stuffy British lord she wants wrapped around her finger. It's Crenshaw Ironworks, the family business. When it's clear that August's outrageously progressive ways render her unsuitable for a respectable match, her parents offer up her younger sister to the highest entitled bitter instead. This simply will not do. August refuses to leave her sister to the mercy of a loveless marriage.
1: Evan Sterling, the Duke of Rothschild, has no intention of walking away from the marriage, He's recently inherited the title only to find his coffers empty, and with countless lives depending on him, he can't walk away from the fortune a Crenshaw heiress would bring him. But after meeting her fiery sister, he realizes Violet isn't the heiress he wants. He wants August, and he always gets what he wants.
0: But August won't go peacefully to her fate. She decides to show Rothschild that she's no typical London Wallflower. Little does she realize that every stunt she pulls to make him call off the wedding only makes him like her even more. It's fine. Okay, I've got a couple beeps with this jacket. tell me. But my biggest one, why would you name a poor duke, like a broke duke, after one of the richest families (laughs) ever?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I just can't bring it in myself. Okay, I criticize a lot of things about historical romance. Lots of titles being misused, uh, things like that. I just don't care that much about names anymore. I mean, it's not... For me, it's less of a care specifically about this issue and more of like his
0: poverty, his genteel poverty living on credit is his plot. Yeah. So to give him a name like that's completely 100 percent by most people are here here associated with vast wealth right just feels like an odd choice I don't hate it yeah but
1: i I feel like people associated with wealth but also with power yeah and I think maybe that's part of why it was like it's good for a duke I don't know yeah, I just... There's so many other names out there.
0: It's <laughs> true. <That laughs> it really wasn't necessary to use one that has such a specific
1: connotation. That's... I mean, I can't... I can't argue with it, Lane. Uh, I mean, I think spiritually
0: this jacket's fine. There's some factual inaccuracies, inaccur- but, like, nothing...
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing I had an issue with was, they said, so he has no intention of walking away from the marriage, and then in the next sentence, he can't walk away from a fortune, and I'm like, okay, we get it, he can't walk away. But
0: those writing quirks are exactly what made me say the book right. feels like a first novel. So, like, as much as I agree with you, that's an awkward wording, I think it
1: fairly represents the book. That's not, yeah, not, not an unfair criticism.
0: So as usual, uh, we generated our own random number summary. Well, we generated a random number and then wrote our own summary to go with it. And this episode, that number is 24.
1: So here's mine. August loves her independence, so she's not happy when her parents identify an impoverished duke who needs her cash. A perfectly executed fortune hunter romance.
0: I was surprised when I read that you called this perfectly executed.
1: I thought it was well done. Yeah, and I think... Maybe you were surprised because Fortune Hunter is not one of my favorites at all. For me, I felt like this wa- if you're going to write a Fortune Hunter romance, this is what I want to read. And I,
0: I, I get that. He's got every opportunity to trick her into marriage because he needs her wealth and does not take it. Mm-hmm. Like her consent and her being an enthusiastic participant in the marriage beyond just sex is made very evident that... Throughout the text that he's prioritizing that, even over his own well-being and financial mm-hmm. gain. So the fortune hunter side of this isn't what I thought was poorly
1: executed. Uh, okay, there is a third act breakup that uh, is pretty... Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was, I thought it was dumb.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not... It's not... Yes, it is dumb, On the other hand, I think every time you have a fortune hunter romance, it's going to be dumb. So I was like, okay, if if you're going to have to write it, this is the one I want to read. This
0: also (laughs) lost me in some of the supporting stuff, but we'll get into that as we further discuss our review. So
1: what's your random number summary, Lane? My summary. August has a
0: ringside makeout with Boxer, who is actually a Duke. Duke needs to marry an heiress. August is one. The conflict is...
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) oh my goodness that's fair
0: i will say saint george does a good job explaining why she's not enamored just with the idea of him being a duke yes i think my problem like pretty early in the book it's established he needs her money and he's really attracted to her it's established she's really attracted to him understands what marrying him would mean for her family business and becomes increasingly less enamored of her family and sees him as an opportunity. Right. And they both admit that if the circumstances were different, they'd still be really into each other and might even be more willing to consider the match. Yeah. And so I think the entire second half conflict, given that all of that was established in the first half, just didn't work for me. Like, I I did not understand any reticence on either of their part to just get married.
1: Yeah. I had, I mean, my issue, I guess, was, well, we'll get into it. This is something we've talked about a lot recently, which is the capitalist feminism. Yes. It was a huge part of this book, which I, I, maybe I'm being a little bit nicer to Harper St. George than I normally would be because I feel like I'm being irrational about the, about just me being a little bit peeved in general um, about the capitalist feminism. That's all.
0: So Meg, what is Gentleman Jackson's get fit workout for the impoverished Duke?
1: Um, I kind of love this one. So he's impoverished, but he does have an income and his income is cause he's a gym owner. <laughs> he owns a gym
0: but the majority of his income comes from being the boxer in the prize fights yes
1: yes but i i just loved that he he owned a gym and he would work out there all the time he's a gym
0: rat i'm also confused like he's so poor and apparently he has owned one third of this boxing company or gym like wouldn't you have sold it or like Borrowed against it or like this fact that he's got a
1: lucrative
0: yeah, side piece. I, I guess they talk about how like his boxing doesn't come close to covering what he needs. None of it
1: comes close to covering. He's just basically able to keep their heads above water. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. selling his I'm mean share... It was never even brought up. Yeah, and it I... wasn't. He had bought it before he became the Duke. Yeah. So at least that was explained. Like he didn't mm. take some of his, you know... No, no, no. But like how the income from the gym, not
0: the prize fighting, was factored into his estate planning. Yeah. Was never addressed.
1: Oh, I'm sorry guys. It's not just a gym. It's also like a gentleman's club. Yes. It's very much Gentleman Jackson. it's very much Gentleman Jackson. But it's also all the gaming hills you read about. Mm-hmm. All the anyway, it's Yeah. I, I kind of loved it because it was basically like every trope you can think of for a gentleman's club all in one and I I kinda of loved it.
0: I definitely had to like check suspension of disbelief though that like nobody in the rookery knew who he was <laughs> or, like he knows by he goes by the hellion and no the one hellion. knows who he is and like three of the people in the audience are other peers
1: and like <laughs> there are like 30 dukes hey, so they all obviously would recognize him on site he has his hair is disheveled and he has like a five o'clock shadow okay lane this is enough
0: <laughs> I'm saying I had to suspend disbelief, all right? Not that you didn't try to justify that some pomade and some stubble made a the only young hot duke unidentifiable.
1: I loved it. I, th- I think that's the thing, too, is it played to my sense of, mm. like, this is so ridiculous, I love it. Yes. So I liked it. Well, I mean, we talked about some of the tropes already. I mean, yeah. this is the fortune hunter novel. This is a fortune hunter novel. Yeah. That is what it is. Yep. Um, they, he doesn't even try to. He tries to hide that. I think to what extent they're in debt, mm-hmm. but I don't think he tries to hide the fact that he needs her inheritance.
0: And ultimately, once he actually starts courting her, like they turn over their financial documents. Like he lets it be known before they commit just how much money he needs, right, to stay solvent.
1: Right. Basically, he's basically he's like there is one title for sale. Yep.
0: And I'm about to combine a bunch of different tropes we wrote Mm -hmm. here. So she's the blue stocking with a head for business. Mm -hmm. Um, She doesn't run her own company. She has a stake in her father's. I think often when we see this trope, the brother's incompetent or uninterested. That's not the case here. No. The brother absolutely will be a capable inheritor and actually has more respect for her abilities than their father does. Mm -hmm. Um, But she is in meetings. Her family sticks up for her to be... Be in the meetings, even against some of their business partners' opposition. And she has a head for business and books, even outside of the company. She's got personal investments. And they make a big point that as an American, she holds those in her own name in a way that she could not if she were in Britain. And I think that's if, a lot of tropes rolled into one yeah. statement because we see different aspects of that a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. If she gets married to him, she becomes a British citizen and he owns all of everything that is hers.
0: Actually, that was like one of the thought processes that this book most sparked for me (laughs) that I want to do more research on is like nationality and immigration. Yes. You know, we see so many, like, um, people nowadays, like, marriage doesn't automatically confer citizenship. Right. And so I'm really interested as to, it was a throw, Pat throwing a throwaway comment. That marrying him, she was no longer an American citizen and would be a British citizen. And I was like, "Wait,
1: how?" So it's very, it is very interesting. It's extremely interesting. Was that, that in that the I, author's note that I didn't read? No. Okay, so I feel not, like I have to do some extra digging. Then. Yeah, but it is super interesting. If it's true, I think it is. I feel like it is true, but I, I have no knowledge to comment. on I feel like not. I feel like marrying a peer, not necessarily marrying just a British dude. Marrying a uh, an American woman okay
0: I, w- I still want more information
1: oh yeah i'm not saying we should. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that my understanding was that's the, <laughs> that's yeah. what it was uh oh yes he he is initially introduced to her sister violet but of course he's already embraced august at the bare knuckle boxing match well we've seen this a lot in
0: gender swapped too we're initially engaged to one sibling and ends up with the other. I can actually actually think of more versions that are gender swapped.
1: Yes, I can too. But basically he's like, I don't want that sister. I want this sister.
0: In this book's defense, he never really courts Violet. No, he They doesn't. meet at one party and he, by the end of that party, has decided, wait, this is August's sister. Why can't I just have August? Oh, he,
1: wanted, he had decided that he wanted August anyway. And then he met Violet and he's like, Violet is August? And then he's like, oh, wrong sister. So it wasn't, yeah, they weren't engaged or anything like that. There was
0: no, like, betraying my sister by picking my true love or upsetting the balance or anything like that.
1: I mean, that could at least have given you a conflict that you didn't hate. Although you probably would have hated it. I'm not a
0: fan of siblings in conflict over dudes or women in general. So, like... Like I said, the first half of this book had a—I—I I got the conflict. Yeah. I It just lost me halfway through. Sure. I, it needed a little bit more, and it seemed like there was some with, like, some potential business stuff mm-hmm. that I'm just surprised she didn't go in that direction
1: and instead separated them for no reason. Well, then there was the... I, I was like, everything is going so swimmingly, and then there's this one moment, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know something bad is gonna happen, which... I think I was just in the mood for that. I was just in the mood for a trope fest. Yes. Um, So also,
0: they both are anything for my sister. So he's got two younger sisters and their debut is on his mind and he realizes that he can't keep up the image of genteel poverty any longer. Yeah. Um, And she's got this little sister who she's determined to save from an unhappy marriage. And so both of them are primarily making the decision to behave the way they do, to protect their younger sister's interests.
1: Yes, uh, and they both have daddy issues. Which,
0: uh, uh, well, she develops hers in this book. She thought she had a great upbringing and a wonderful father, and he's got the typical drunkard. Un- like his specific moral failings are not discussed, but like led the family into poverty, and right. no one had any idea. Yeah.
1: Oh, and part of that, too, is that he was never meant to inherit. Right, So his, he had an older brother. He had an older brother who was daddy's favorite. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he, so Evan was always compared with his father because he was sort of the Raquel, devil may care kind of guy. And so he feels, he feels like he never should have inherited. He feels like his brother would have done everything better. Yes, and his brother was tragically killed by a medical ailment.
0: Which is not the usual. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah. It
1: it wasn't, there there was no duel. There was no carriage accident. There was no war. What? I know. Uh, So
0: this has, I say pointless not in a mean way. This has a pointless marriage contract negotiation. Say pointless because it's not legally recognized. Right. Like they're hashing out the details of their marriage and what they're going to agree to in their marriage ahead of time. But you see this, I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey did this with the sex contract. I mean, you see this pretty often. There are a ton
1: of contracts. I was, anyway, I was talking to my husband about that today because we read another book with a marriage contract in it.
0: And this was, I mean, it's the Victorian equivalent of a prenup with no legal bearing. Yeah, kind of. Except it has nothing to do with their financial assets. eh, Sometimes it has a little bit. Sometimes it
1: does. I don't know. It's, It's a very interesting concept. And I think I can get on board more with it in historicals than I can in contemporaries. But I think that is just my own personal preference. I, I think it depends
0: on how it's presented. Yeah. Like obviously establishing boundaries and having open conversation is very important. Yes. The act of writing it down and acting like it's binding. Yes.
1: <sighs> it's not the boundaries that are right. an issue for, I mean, you know this lane, you know, I have no issue. No, with setting, setting boundaries, boundaries,
0: enforcing boundaries. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but the the fact of before you, it's like before you even get to know each other, mm-hmm. you're gonna say these are my boundaries. I I don't get it. So
0: this is after they get to know each other, though.
1: It is, but it's. I mean, they've they've known each other for what three weeks? Yes.
0: But I kind of understand where they're both coming from with that short time frame. This is not a like they've fallen head over heels in love in three weeks.
1: But but that and that's why I'm saying I think in historicals where. There's nothing she can do to actually have a legally enforceable contract, right? Because once she marries him, her fortune is his, and even if he's promised her the moon, she can she cannot go to court and enforce right enforce it. Which is why, for me in historicals, I can see it right like her playing out only potential
0: autonomy is not saying I do
1: exactly. So that I think for me that's the reason why because anyway yeah no it's interesting and
0: i'd want to think more about why i like what i like and don't what i don't in this context but we just read a lot of it lately and i think it's becoming more prevalent yes if like consent and boundaries are best
1: established through like a written document and i don't quite get that all the time i mean i've read op-eds of people who actually did this like actually wrote a, a contract with their husband or spouse, mm-hmm. before they got married, um, just to sort of talk about how they wanted their marriage to work. But they actually did it in contract form, which hmm, to me is problematic, but I don't know why. So Yeah,
0: and last rope, he's a duke who obviously everyone's fond over him mm-hmm. often in his life, even though he was supposed to be a second son and part of the reason he falls for august and it's pretty much stated in the book is she's the first woman who's ever called him on his shit. Yep. Like oh she speaks honestly to me. <laughs> yes. And I I think that's a little overdone. It is, but, but but I don't hate it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I I enjoyed this book a lot. I think I I think I enjoyed it more than I expected to, which basically listeners, I really disliked the fortune hunter trope usually i like it more than you do yes and so this took it on in a way that made me like it and i was not expecting that and i think that's why i'm like yeah i like this one it was good it was far more partnership driven yeah
0: than fortune hunter books generally are it has far less secrecy than Fortune 100 books generally do. So if all of this sounds appealing to you, you very well may like this.
1: So I think that's the reason why. So yeah, do I think that this book was super original? No, mm-hmm. I don't. The, honestly, the only original part I can think of is at the very end, which I liked, but I didn't love, uh, but it was fun. But all the rest of the book is just... Uh, so to me, I felt like here's a meal. It's a good meal, but I'm going to serve it with like the best ingredients. <laughs> you know, it's like a normal, I don't know, ravioli with tea sauce, but it's going to be like homemade ravioli.
0: No, I mean, we've <laughs> talked about this before. You don't need to reinvent the wheel if your execution is on point. Right.
1: And I felt that it was. I get the feeling Lane does not.
0: I didn't hate it. I don't mean to give the impression that I really dislike this or anything. I thought this was totally middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, For reasons we'll get into later, but I did think the romance itself was cute. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things we often talk about in this historical context is how modern authors have to paint with a modern brush to a degree. And it was funny because Evan, the Duke's real name, and August were both anachronistically modern.
1: Absolutely. Totally
0: fine. I'm here for that. I actually think the parents, were hers and his, were probably more historically accurate Mm. than we often see. Yeah. Um, in his case, his mother was loving, but didn't seem to be overly close with him. Right. And for all that she'd given him time to sort it out himself, he was sort of, she was brooking no argument that it's time for him to marry. Yeah. And for, and not in a mean way, like not to say she was a dragon lady or whatever, but she was unquestionably, you need to do your duty by your title. Yep. And her parents, for all that she's American and eccentric, absolutely prioritized status over their daughter's happiness, viewed their daughters as potential pawns in bettering their social circumstances. They loved each other as a family, but they weren't overly supportive, and they didn't love having a blue-stocking child, and they were absolutely willing to force their daughters into situations that made them unhappy in the name of status, and didn't understand their wants or needs with people.
1: Her family... Especially made me think of the Bowmans in The Wallflowers. Lillian and... No, yeah.
0: Um, I'm thinking of that comparison.
1: Yeah. Because they're in Britain to find titled husbands for their uh, daughters. Mm-hmm. They don't really care what they want, what they like. They don't value them for who they are. Yep. Lillian uh, even could have... So Lillian, was... Lillian is not August. So I'm not saying that mm-hmm. they're the same thing. But the um, Bowman family. The Bowman family. Uh, even the brothers, to some yeah. extent.
0: Though none of the Bowman brothers seemed as capable not as a- their brother. N- not
1: as capable or as loving. Yes. Mm-hmm. Props to the siblings.
0: Yes. Like the, the generation of the hero and the heroine, heroine were clearly disregard historical accuracy in the name of some really fun circumstances and viewpoints and i don't care i loved it but i kind of liked that the surviving parents were not depicted as evil Mm -hmm. or abusive no they were just very much of the time and the kids were more progressive and sort of shocked by their parents' antiquated views in some ways. And I thought that was a really fun play you actually don't see very often. I agree. Usually parents are either villains or support structures. Yes. And this sort of ambivalent Victorian parent isn't super portrayed, I feel like, in the genre. I
1: liked it. So for me, the thing that probably bugged me the most was August wanting to be part of the business. Yeah. You didn't get a feeling that she loved making deals. You didn't, to me, at least, I didn't see her as like really, really enjoying the job itself. She found value in it and she enjoyed working. But later in the book, it comes out that she could do a lot of other things and she probably would enjoy it. I guess I didn't understand the emphasis she was placing on being part of the family and working because Evan points out, like, if you get married to me, no, you wouldn't work, but you could do a lot of other things that would use your skills and use your money in lots of different ways. And she's really insistent that she wants to work.
0: And I've got the impression, and maybe this is me reading between the lines, that for her, her specific interest in her family business was the praise from daddy.
1: I think that was a big part of it. Yeah. Not less like
0: she's proud of her investments and she enjoys working through business contracts and negotiating new deals, but she didn't seem to have particular acumen for it. I think she just valued being a woman in society, believing she was respected by her father in this role.
1: Right. And she, I mean, she gave, she put more value on herself for being able to contribute or provide in some way. Yeah, It just was like very Protestant work ethic to me. And yeah, I, I don't, I do take value in the. I take pride in the work that I do, and I do value myself for that. Uh, so I don't want our listeners to think that it's bad to do that. I just personally think if I had another option, maybe I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> work. If I won the lottery, would I keep going into work every day? I I don't know.
0: She knows his estate's in trouble Mm -hmm. and that getting out of it, converting the farm, like old school, literal like plow and horse farmers into individuals supporting modern industry, whether that means through more modern farming techniques, through animal husbandry rather than Mm -hmm. growing crops, through building manufacturing centers or whatever. Like ultimately it... Feels like that stuff would be more fulfilling for her than what she's doing with the family company. Yes. And spoiler alert, given the way her father ends up treating her in this book, I'm really surprised that where things stand at the end, you're led to believe he's fought for her to continue to have representation in the family business.
1: Yeah. Like if you were her, why would you want that? No, exactly. Like if you if you're her, maybe T- uh, negotiate with Evan so that she can start her own business if she really likes working and being a businesswoman. You can do that on your own, you know. Well, no, anyway. If his
0: area of interest is this boxing club, right? Like, give her management of the estate, and he grows that into an empire.
1: Oh, like, yeah.
0: There are a lot of a
1: lot of different. I ways just didn't.
0: I'm totally with you that her commitment to her parents' company specifically seemed making money for the sake of making money right. in a way that. Made me a little uncomfortable yeah. for reasons I can't quite put my finger on.
1: Well, and I'm wondering too if this is, you mentioned they're sort of anac- anachronistic in their values. Mm. And I feel like a woman wanting to work is shorthand for she's a feminist. Yeah. Rather than other ways that it, we could have looked at it.
0: She also doesn't have like an independent streak the way some of these women who work do in romance novels yeah. where she's like living on her own or supporting herself. She's perfectly happy in her Fifth Avenue mansion mm-hmm. with her family. Oh, yeah. Like, there is no... And she's not, like, saving money to donate or to start a charity. She just has money for the sake of having. She's like, I like investing. And it's like, yep. oh, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing with this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I loved her clothes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. The green velvet dress. Uh, Every, everything about it. Everything about all of the clothes I loved. Yeah. His clothes, her
0: clothes. His clothes got a lot of attention, Uh and it was, I appreciated it.
1: I loved it. I loved it.
0: (laughs) I appreciated it.
1: (laughs) I loved it. Like, this is, if you have listened to us in the past, you know this is part of the reason we like historicals. Yeah.
0: All right, so just a couple of, like, things I had beef with. The first, the prologue of this book, so, like, incredibly minor spoiler, is... A good friend of Violet and August in New York Mm -hmm. getting forced to marry an old, disgusting peer against her will. Yep. And then August ends up... Why did they name her August and not Augusta also? I don't know. Anyway, I keep wanting to say Augusta because of how traditional the parents are. Yep. And I keep screwing it up. Um... she gets taken to the boxing match by this friend. The reason yes. they're in London is they've been called for moral support for this friend. Mm-hmm. And she, like, doesn't even show up in the book, really, after the first quarter. Like, she yeah. shows up one more time when it's outed that she's the one who took August to the match.
1: And she gets in... She, I mean, she's treated basically like a child by her husband. Yeah. And her husband's family.
0: And then she just never shows up again in the book at all. Mm-hmm. Let alone her circumstance or her plight. And I, like, didn't... I I needed more. Like yeah. they set her up to be in such a bad situation, that the fact that August doesn't really think of it again made me think less
1: of August. Yeah. I mean, she is, I guess, going to get her own book later. So. I
0: mean, fine, but, but yeah. August as a character should
1: have cared a lot more about the fact that her closest friend was, like, being abused. Or even used it as, like, this is why I don't want to get married. It would have made a lot of sense, you know? Yeah, it was more used... To show how much
0: the adult generation was ignorant of what was happening to her. Because they were talking about, look how happy Camille is. And August and her sister had to be like, Camille is miserable. What are you talking about? But I I just didn't like the way that plot point was handled at all.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought his mom didn't show up at points in the book where I thought she would have. Where she could have, yeah. And I also thought her... Way she was like passively. Oh yeah, he's a champion prize fighter. Was very
1: weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I we've talked about this before, but like, why is boxing the sexy, the sexy athlete of the historical world?
0: It's like now when people are like, I'm really into hockey players. I'm like, so you're really into guys without teeth. Like, <laughs> really don't like. I like hockey, but I don't like hockey players are often like
1: kind of beat up and gnarly I mean what are the what are the athletes what are the sexy athletes of the historical world boxing fencing which I is more sexy than boxing yeah but not when you're in that full white outfit like it's not like it's sexy to watch you do it no what's the other are there any others
0: we've seen a couple swimmers but not like professional swimmers like horseback riding okay (laughs) (laughs) sorry. (laughs) All right. I will give this book a credit. I don't really feel like there's much we need to talk about in terms of content warning. The only thing I'd possibly put under offensiveness is that there was a very casual mention of slavery where he says of one of his tenants, he can Uh either be a slave on a farm or a slave in a factory. And given how socially aware all of the characters otherwise were in an anachronistic and modern sense, that mention of like, tenant farming in England or working in paid labor that was unsafe being equated to slavery did not feel necessary Yeah, and it was mentioned so casually and not addressed. It sort of stuck out to me.
1: Oh, interesting. No, honestly, I don't think so. There was no, there was no issue where, okay. The content warning is, um, about Camille.
0: Sure, but like, it's what we've already discussed. It's right. not something I'd say is particularly triggering, no. you know, how many girls are passively mentioned to have been married to gross guys mm-hmm. in historical romance and that women don't want those relationships. Right. They just go into a little more detail here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But when I say she's abused, she's locked up. She's treated like a child. It's right. not like she's physically abused. She's just a possession, not a person. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then I do see that, I think you wrote this. Maybe I did. Anyway, he does kiss another woman. You wrote that. He kisses another woman. Another woman kisses him. That's, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> he is kissed by another woman.
0: And she sees it, and that was one of the things I thought was stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Was this book sexy?
1: It was, it was okay. I wouldn't say, when I'm talking about this book, I wouldn't say this book is sexy. hmm I would say that I do feel like they were attracted to each other mm-hmm. and I felt like you could feel that. But there are really only a couple of sexy, like explicit scenes. Yeah. And none really once the conflict is resolved.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is my ongoing beef.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I was referring to earlier in the episode, actually, when, when I was saying that, um, so they decide that they're going to hook up And they're like, are you sure? And she's like, I'm so sure. Nothing will change my feelings. And as soon as she said that, I was like, "Mm, uh uh-oh. Like, you know there's going to be some kind of issue after that. And there's
0: a lot of book left after
1: that. (laughs) And that's
0: like the last time they hook up in the book.
1: It is. It is. So sexy times could have been more frequent and used to resolve the conflict in a way that they were not. Yes so
0: I will say like so as we mentioned he has many opportunities to s- see her compromised that he doesn't take and while that made him incredibly
1: admirable
0: hmm, I could have done with a smidge more
1: you could have yeah no I agree okay anyway I, I really liked the book I basically thought For me, if I'm going to read a Fortune Hunter book, this is the Fortune Hunter book I would read.
0: I'm definitely interested in reading subsequent books in the series. I liked a lot of the characters enough that, like, seeing what happens to them. I want to follow this through. I like this book enough to do that. I think there are a couple of things that I wish had gotten cleaned up, so I'm not going to say it was a perfect book. But, like, overall, I'd say I recommend it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening.
0: If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and check us out on the internet at PlotTrust.